Okay, so here with me today on Bound for Success is Miles McNamara, founder of Ionit. Welcome, Miles, and thanks for joining us. Not a problem. Looking forward to it. So, Miles, you're born and bred local of the Sunshine Coast uh, with a really impressive uh, career in IT innovation and software development. Can you tell us a bit about Ionit? Yeah, so Ionit is um, fortunate enough to have our head office here um, in Maroochydore. Uh, we also have um, an outpost in um, Melbourne and Sydney as well, uh, so we've got teams uh, working down there. And um, yeah, we're a software development uh, organisation. Um, that's one part of the business primarily focused around service providers, telecommunications, both here and, and overseas. And um, yeah, we're, we're really fortunate to be um, do what we do in a, in a great place like the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, great. And so you were telling me earlier that uh, your business is, although it's run here, headquartered here, you yep. don't actually do a lot of business as such on the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, so we're a bit unique where um, I, I see myself as very fortunate where I've been able to um, have a number of businesses here on the Sunshine Coast that um, have never really derived the prim primary amount of their income or revenue out of the Sunshine Coast. So I own it now, um, yeah, absolutely earns no income out of the Sunshine Coast. Uh, so our customers are Sydney, Melbourne-based large telecommunication companies and uh, uh, large service providers and, uh, yeah, all the money um, that we earn uh, gets pumped straight back into the community. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, you know, especially in a, a really global uh, economy, I suppose, to be able to be based in a place like this and not actually have to be in a city centre to be able to um, work with organisations across the world. Yeah, and it's, and it's sort of... It's, it's, it's not by design, it's 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 more of a, um, we've never found, for myself and the family, we've never found anywhere else on the planet that we would actually want to live and have a lifestyle. And we've found that the, um, you know, while we, we've worked and, and travelled extensively overseas, um, you know, we've always found the Sunshine Coast to be home and, um, yeah, we love it. Yeah, that's great. So can we take a few steps back and hear a bit about your education and your career path? Education, awesome. So, yeah, grade 12 was, um, and grade 11 and 12 for me was more of a social thing. So I did um, home economics. Uh, I did secretarial studies. Um, so I can still out-type anybody. Um, and, um, yeah, that was about it uh, for my education. And then I ended up being a... Um, nicking off uh, at school halfway through the day most days and ended up being a trade qualified chef. Not See? what I expected. No, I didn't think so. When I tell, not a lot of people know that, but a few people that uh, do know. So, yeah, I did uh, my schooling here on the Sunshine Coast. And what made you uh, make the switch into IT? Yeah, it, it wasn't by grand design, it was a little bit more out of. Um, uh, so, you know, back uh, when was this 1993 and 94, back then the, the, the restaurant scene and hospitality scene on the Sunshine Coast uh, wasn't, uh, you know, we had the big Hyatt at the time and a few others. So um, I actually found that um, I ended up um, just working night shift most of the time in fine dining restaurants. So starting at two. Uh, in the afternoon and then going through to night. And so they had the morning and sort of fell into sort of selling and being involved in the computer industry by selling computers commission only to start off with. And I actually ended up doing that in the mornings. 
and ended up driving better cars than the head chefs cranking out 100 hours a week and yeah. thought, hang on, there might be something here. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, that's how I sort of fell into it. I always find it really interesting to speak to people who have done so well for themselves without actually going on to a university education. So can you tell me a bit about, I suppose, where you feel yeah. you've ended up without having a university degree we have some great graduates and and um, university educated people here um you know that works with us and and we wouldn't survive without having that type of thing in our education mm -hmm. system but it really isn't for everybody so to do the stuff that i've been able to do throughout my career you can't be taught that mm -hmm. it's instinctive and you've got to be uh, that entrepreneurial mindset of of have just having a crack and doing some crazy things and making money losing taking a loss when you need to taking a win when you need to and just having the guts to have a go yeah so you can't teach that no and I, I think it's one of those elements that really can't be underestimated mm. in terms of actually getting out there in the real world getting mm. practical experience uh, that you don't necessarily get in a classroom or in a lecture yep. um, and, and also building really strong networks, you know, yep. making sure that if you have a goal that you surround yourself with the right people, that yep. you make connections with the people that are going to help you on that path. Yeah. Look, absolutely. And, and you know, if a, if a lawyer and accountant sat in front of me and said, look, I'm the best lawyer and accountant in the world and I've never been to university, you, you know, I don't think it'd be a pretty short of conversation. Yeah. So it has its place for sure. entrepreneurialism and um, and really building a business and um, um, and uh, you know it's an unconventional path I'd say, but um, it's one that I've chosen. Yeah, and it seems it's worked to for you. Works so far. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So, what do you think is the smartest move you've made so far in your career path that's got you to where you are today? Um, I think it's just being pragmatic, pragmatic and practical as much as possible. Um, trying to 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 understand, um, try to take emotion out of it as, as decision making as much as possible, because um, generally emotion based decision making sort of seeds the idea, but then you need to wash it through some really some just some practicalities. You know, is there a market? Is it going to make money? Um, what's the upside? What's the downside? Only invest what you're prepared to risk. Yeah. And just believe. And the other side for us is also just believing in the people that we've you've got around you. So, you know, some of my team here have been with me through different, you know, businesses that we've had for like 15 years. Um, so you know, I think um, on average there's about, um, I think, eight or nine people that have been with me north of 10 years. So, yeah, um, right. you know, that sort of thing is, um, um, uh, I guess, you know, those two things, being practical but, you know, really making sure you surround yourself by people that are smarter in areas that, than, than you are. Yeah, for sure. And I suppose that, that then takes me a little bit to the, the leadership side of things. You've got people that have stayed with you for a really long time. In yeah. uh, today's yeah. you know age, people don't stay yeah. in jobs for that long. Yeah. What do you think are the, the things that about how you operate that have kept your team on board for so long? Yeah, I think I've been saying this word for a long time, but it seems to be sort of on trend at the moment, but I've just been authentic. Um, there is no work miles or um, uh, personal, like mm -hmm. they can ring me at 
one o'clock in the morning or one o'clock in the afternoon and they're going to get the same person. So there's no, there's no ego-driven persona. Um, we're, you know, we can, we're all aligned to what we're trying to achieve um, and, um, and, and be a clear communicator. Um, yeah. Yeah, great. Um, so just on that topic of, uh, I suppose, of leadership, Many leaders become leaders or managers because they're good at the job that they do, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily make you a great people person. Yeah. Um, so what what would you say um, would be your advice to someone that's looking to be moving from, say, a middle mm. management position into yeah. something more senior? Yeah. Um, do you have any tips? Yeah, it, it's, it, it's different for everybody, but, I mean, what I see is there's a lot of people that – the talk and the gunners I'm going to do this I'm going to do that mm-hmm. you're better off to just do it um, you know take take a, a calculated risk when required um, but but make sure that you're authentic across how you engage with people um, consistency of decision making uh, and be you know think of the people that you are drawn towards what's their character traits what's their personality traits um, you know, are they fun to be around? Um, you know, we've got a pretty jovial working environment, um, and um, you know, just just make sure that you're listening to the people around you yeah. and taking on board what they need, because um, it's you know we're a, a staff first organisation, not a customer first organisation. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a really good approach yeah. uh, to keeping people on board and yep. keeping staff happy and actually being able to retain them. So how do you approach professional development for your staff? Um, yeah, so we, we find that we don't have a, a formal program as such. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we try to encourage is organic um, mentoring and stuff like that. So what I mean by that is that when it's how we sort of configure the office and how we get organise our squads or our teams to do work activities uh, and making sure that sort of our, our junior and mid guys are working with senior guys and it's just that organic mentorship that yes. we find. And if there is a body of work that um, or an area of interest um, that people are, um, that, that want to move into, then we're happy to invest into them. We, we always say here and you hear me say this, you know, to, to staff is that, you know, a couple of my team that have been with me for quite a few years one of them, a uh, good example, one of them used to be an in-field technician, you know, like 10 years ago, now is um, part of our UX team, user experience okay. team, um, and they're brilliant at it. So they've earned the right to choose their own destiny sure. with us, and as long as it's aligned to what the company's trying to achieve. Um, so that's how we approach it. So there's not a program, sure. it's individual-based and organic driven. Yeah, which I think is really important to actually yeah. achieve what an individual yeah. wants to get out of their professional development. Yeah. So, and what about for yourself? How do you approach your own professional development? Um, I find um, that it's there's not. I don't have a mentor or or anything like that. What I find is that if you're not pushing yourself um, uh, to engage with other people. Um, and I found this early on when I was, you know, um, I think I was one of the youngest presidents of the Chamber of Commerce in Australia back in, uh, I think I was President Maruchidor many years ago. Um, and um, I found that that experience for me and going up through the ranks there, I learned that, um, 
engaging with multiple people and just as you learn, just take the bits that you know that you need at that time. Mm-hmm. So I do that by um, attending different conferences that are of interest. Um, we're lucky now, you, can, you don't have to travel. Um, you can do a, watch the conference on YouTube yeah. and do something. Uh, I always try to find something outside of my comfort zone to go and experience from a professional development perspective. Like mm-hmm. I was in San Francisco uh, two years ago, amazing story. I was in San Francisco, and, and um, we were changing the way that we were building software. We were moving from one methodology to another, and um, there was a and just random had a spare day to myself, and ended up doing this one day course, and it was just the most amazing people that worked for Spotify, and you know, and just being open to just have a crack. So I could have sat to choose, you know, I could have chose to sit at the bar all day, um, which. You know, I've thought about, or I could have gone and done this, and uh, it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah, for sure. I think it's you know sometimes being in the right place at the right time and, yeah. and taking the opportunities as they present yeah, and just themselves. Seeing it and and then coming back, and that's the part of it is then it's a top down approach. That, yeah, I learned this great stuff. I knew we were moving in this direction for our, our changing our methodology and how we build software. Um, and it was just opportunistic. But so it's being open to that. So that for me is my professional development. It's yeah. more about being open to take on board what I need at the time. Okay, so a bit more about the business itself. Um, Why did you choose to set up your business on the Sunshine Coast if you had all these other Mm. options? You know, you talk about the type of environment you could be in, in, say, San Francisco, Francisco, where you're surrounded by all these other Mm. companies that are world-class, well-recognised, I know that obviously this is your home. Yeah. Um, any other particular reasons why you feel like this Look, is the strongest location for you? It's the strongest location that I think I would perform at my best. I've never found somewhere that, from a personal perspective, where I go, oh, I think I want to pick up stumps and move here. Um, you know, I mean, I own it itself if I decided to go and live in Melbourne for six months. Um, yeah, if my family and I decided to do that, Ina would still be operating there. It just means that the team in Melbourne would be annoyed that they're hanging around every yes, day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, I think for me, I've, I've, I've found that it's just been a place that um, I can see been so ingrained into the what's been happening on the coast uh, from a business perspective, seeing things for me personally, seeing things that... Um, you know, like take for instance the uh, the data cable, the fibre spur that's that's there. You know, I was part of the first little group that went down to figure this out and see if it actually had any legs, like about seven or eight years ago. Sure. So seeing that sort of stuff come to life. So uh, and and um, you know, one of the first conversations when I was still involved with the chambers around a second runway, I was involved in that infancy of conversations. Okay. Um, seeing all of that stuff come to life, um, you know, is why. Um, when we did a start-up again with Ariana, that um, why we wanted it based here. Right. And so just for listeners who may not be locally based, mm. can you just give a, a brief yep. overview of what the cable actually is and, and what that is going to bring to yeah. the program? So, um, it's, so the data the data cable brings to the coast a unique let's, – let's break it down to business basics. It gives the Sunshine Coast a unique selling proposition. So for a regional area to have uh, one of only three ports or areas within Australia that has a data connection to the outside world, to um, uh, 
uh, for internet connectivity is a very big, it looks, it makes people look at the Sunshine Coast differently. Um, and what that means is that for businesses that um, uh, want to have redundancy in terms of their uh, um, their sites, if they want to build their own data centers or other data centers that are coming, speed of being able to do transactions, like it's just, it's, it's another, it's just as important as a second runway. It's just as important as the new CBD. It's just as important as the solar farm. It's just adding the context um, for us to be a technically savvy, you know, region. Yeah, terrific. Um, and so in terms of current trends in the IT world, what are you excited about at the moment that, that's on the up and up and how are you applying those to your mm. own business and, and operations globally? Yeah, I, I love... I love the hype and then I love the reality. So the hype for me is all of this stuff around um, AR, VR, uh, so augmented reality, virtual reality. All of that stuff is coming, but you've got to, you know, I've had oodles and oodles of people come and say, hey, I've got the next augmented reality app I want to build that's going to change the world for this or this or virtual reality. All of that stuff is coming, but in the, it's still got a fair while for those industries and markets to... It's still an incubation. Yeah. Where I see the now, it's all around voice. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is we're talking about voice. Mobile's been around forever. So what I apply is what, for me, the now and what we're looking at, and we're doing a lot of work with this at the moment, is around um, voice enablement. So I ultimately believe that human as humans, we're, we're a bit lazy, and we will choose convenience over um, most things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that, and when you sort of look at where hu- human nature of being, oh, we will choose a more convenient service than anything else, um, of course, price plays a part in all the other things. When you look at the trend towards um, voice assistance, Alexa, Google, um, or, you know, um, Alexa, Google, Siri, um, even though Siri's lacking in, in a few areas, but Alexa and Google definitely. Um, you know, I think voice is going to be is the interim wave before all of this other AR, AI and stuff comes up. Yeah, yeah. exciting times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and growth opportunities for your business, what is that looking like in, say, the next five or ten years? Yep. So we... Uh, uh, so another part of um, I is that we've had where we're working uh, with uh, an organisation in the US around a bit of a health startup as well. So we're seeing um, so while we've got a very strong um, service provider and telco business, uh, we are also branching out into health. So the core business here or the core leadership team with Ionit, which is something that we've wanted to attack for a couple of years. Um, and we've just sort of we've tested a few things, a couple of things worked, a couple of things didn't, um, just to see what our play is going to be. So we started to figure that out, and we actually feel that one of the problems that we can solve is more applicable to the way um, the USA um, handles their, say, electronic health records and progress notes and billing and those sort of things. So, yeah, we work, can't say too much, we're working with a, an organisation 
over there. Yeah. Okay, innovation on the Sunshine Coast. So yes. you're the chairman of Script, yes. which is the Sunshine Coast Regional Innovation Project Team. Uh, it's a local collaboration of entrepreneurs, businesses, government stakeholders and community members who are dedicated to growing innovation and business on the Sunshine Coast uh, and, and that capacity. Can you tell us a bit about what Script actually does? Um, to put it simply so, it's funding great programs to um, inspire innovation and entrepreneurialism on the um, on the Sunshine Coast. So it's not about finding or investing into a thing of to, um, for a business to um, build something innovative. It's looking at programs and uh, that will actually uh, create um, uh, finding good programs of work that will actually um, create uh, a great environment for in entrepreneurs and innovate and innovative businesses to thrive and prosper. Um, the other thing that we're looking at also is increasing talent density. So while we've got a you know um, uh, great businesses here on the Sunshine Coast, um, you know we really need to increase our technology talent density here. So we're also looking at programs that. Um, uh, that uh, that we can invest into that will actually increase our talent density here on the Sunshine Coast as well. Sure. So, would you say that at the moment there are, I suppose there are, are there a number of businesses like yours that say would be trying to dip into that pool of talent if it was yeah. a bit stronger? It's, it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's competitive. Like we've actually had to make uh, conscious choices to recruit. Um, and and do put work activities outside of the Sunshine Coast because the skills weren't here. Mm -hmm. um, so and every time that happens, it's it makes it harder for a Sunshine Coast based business because once you know managing a teams that are not based here, yeah, it can be challenging. Um, but it means that it's one less person here on the Sunshine Coast as well. Mm -hmm. So you know, for me, I think that we've got to work a lot harder and a lot better on increasing our technology-based um, talent here on the Sunshine Coast. And I think if you refer this back to script, one of the things that we're um, um, providing funding for is um, uh, an organisation here on the Sunshine Coast um, that is bringing next May um, RoboRave. So it's actually around um, putting together the um, a great program. There's going to be teams from all over the world coming here uh, and actually uh, where kids get in and build robots and do a whole heap of challenges uh, and we've signed a deal for them for us to do the World Championships here in a couple of years as well. So that's it. that's how you grow talent density. So the kids don't have to leave the coast to get a great technology-based jobs. Yeah, terrific. And in terms of your um, staff base, have yeah. you had to recruit externally from outside of the coast um, extensively or do you have a bit of a um, yeah balance? so it's always um, so yes we have we attracted some great staff and it was, it was really easy to attract staff here what we did was spent the money with uh, we used a great recruit recruitment firm in Sydney and we spent the money on a LinkedIn ad mm -hmm. which actually showed what my leadership team does before they get to work and so they go for a surf or they might have a coffee, they show up at 8.30. Um, and we made sure that we only sent that through direct mail and LinkedIn ads while these poor people in Sydney are on a smelly, crappy bus or a train sitting next to somebody with body odour issues every day of their life 
and we go, I bet you this sucks for you right now. Yeah, totally. You know, this is what my team, this is what our team's doing. Yeah. And you're stuck on a stinky bus. Yeah. So, yeah. and that worked. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. People yeah. don't like commuting an no. hour and a half from no. a stinky bus, ferry or train. <laughs> Exactly. No, it's pretty pretty good uh, lifestyle up here, yeah. that's for sure. And so, I suppose on that note, what is your morning routine? Yeah, that's I get up early. Um, I enjoy that little bit of quiet time before the rest of the team come in. Um, but you know, it also means that when the team want to talk to me about something, they get in early as well. Um, but yeah, and then generally work through and try our office I actually really like it that there's not a lot of people in our office after about four o'clock mm-hmm. five o'clock yeah um one because we're sort of dealing with daylight savings times and issues like that but um means they're going home for family time yeah. but then we'll see a lot of uh, teams chatter or email or texting happening sort of when maybe when the kids are in bed because we're really family orientated business here so I like it that there's still there's not people here past five o'clock most days I yeah. love it yeah no, and it is a little bit of a Sunshine Coast uh, yeah. <laughs> sort of factor, isn't it? I, yeah. Yeah, I've noticed as opposed to Sydney, Melbourne yeah. kind of, um, yeah. yeah, mentality is very much a get home, spend that time with your family, spend that yeah. time with your friends and or doing the things outside of yeah. work that you like to do. Podcasts. Um, so I, I, it's, I like listening to... Um, stuff that's outside of my comfort zone. So I'm currently, um, yeah, about three or four months ago, I just did a Google search. What's the number one podcast in the world? And then these, you know, and anyone who's um, you know, younger than I am uh, will mostly laugh that I didn't know who they were until a few months ago. <laughs> but there was this Logan Paul did that has this podcast on YouTube called Implausible. Um, and I watch stuff like that. So I'm always trying to find something different because uh, if I watched the same stuff, I'd go crazy. So um, I'm trying to understand what the hell TikTok's about. Yeah. You know, yeah. like why? I'm still a bit lost on so, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, so don't go looking for me on TikTok. I'm not on there. But what is TikTok about? I haven't got a clue. Yeah. So I'm fascinated about what is that, that trend and that consumer trend because our customers, which are service providers and others, that's their customers. So if I don't understand my customers' customers, then we won't have a business. So that's why I look at stuff like that, YouTube and and um, and podcasts. So not a lot of reading. Yeah, but I've just consuming. This, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. You seem very kind of hungry for information yeah. and. Uh, Things that you don't know a lot about. Yep. So, yeah, yeah that's, absolutely. That's right. And so, I suppose, aside from, you know, really chasing information mm. and, and things on, you know, uh, items that you don't really understand yep. as well, um, what motivates and inspires you? I always thought it changed, but I actually, when I reflect on the last 20 something years I've been doing this, it hasn't really changed. I really get a kick out of, like for me it's about orchestrating and doing deals mm-hmm. you know like I just love it I love seeing like you would have had a little bit of banter between Ben and I heard oh no, they're changing your budgets for this yeah. deal and this yes. stuff and <laughs> like it's it's the I, I, I love I love the deal I love pushing the boundaries I love and I love to just delivering on what we're saying mm-hmm. and that energy around is sort of infectious for the rest of the team as well. Yeah. And they love seeing things, you know, um, and, and love executing on it. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. And, and just seeing and, and the team, you know, coming from one of the things that hospitality 
and, and kitchens in itself is that during service time, that energy of when you've got a, you know, rows and rows of tickets to get done, um, it, it's the best prioritizer in the world, mm-hmm. running, a, uh, being in a kitchen and, um, and just that camaraderie around getting to the end of service, getting this, this, you know, getting this ticket done, all of that sort of stuff. So yeah. Yeah, it yeah. sort of kept all the way through. So that's what I loved. Yeah, that's what I love, what really, you know, rocks my boat. Yeah. Um, so in terms of whether this is career-based or personal, do you mm-hmm. have a defining moment in your life that has changed the course of where you've ended up decision you made of recent times um say in the last so in 2013 uh, I've, I've always had multiple businesses and always had multiple revenue streams and pretty much for the first time in my life i in 2013 um, i sold a business i owned then called camelon and sold it to a publicly listed company and for the first time in my life, so all the team, um, uh, you know, we're all employed across and, and they acquired the business. And for the first time in my life, I got a paycheck apart from, you know, when I was chefing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that seems pretty cool. And um, I part of the agreement is I had to stay there for a, a few years, a couple of years. And yep. I stayed there for a couple of years. And then pretty much on the day that I could get out, um, I got out. And I think for me, that was a defining moment where I could tick the box and say, yep, been there, worked for a publicly listed company, uh, was on their leadership team, um, met some great people. Some of them are still friends today and, and work with me today. Um, and uh, started I on it a couple of years later. So right. I'd say for me, yeah, and all the team sort of followed me through uh, into I on it as well. So um um, yeah, it was. Uh, I'd say that's the most recent defining moment yeah. where I made a decision and thought, oh, well, I'll give this a go. And yeah, seems to have been the right one. Yeah, it was. And but I learned that was if that I learned a lot, you know, and I think it, it really made me allowed me to double down that, um, to stick to, to, to really believe in the instinctive way that I lead and, um, and uh, yeah, so it was good. Great. Just one last question. Um, any little gems of advice or stories that you'd like to leave us with? For me, when, you know, I get people talking to me about their business or someone wants to move to the coast or, you know, a kid in, in school wants to do something, they think they've got to do a startup straight away or something like that. Like, I love how entrepreneurialism is becoming cool. Like it's and, but not everyone's born to be an entrepreneur because mm-hmm. there's huge highs and there's huge lows. Um, um, so, the pearls of wisdom that I have, it's really you know you just got to be patient, be practical, and um, you know and, and just really focus on what you're trying to achieve and keep your staff and your customers at the centre of, uh, of everything you do. Yeah, that's great advice. And, uh, and bringing dogs to work as well. Yeah, you, t- came, tends you came, to help came here on crazy day. So, uh, yeah, there's three dogs here. Yeah. Um, three dogs at work here today. Yes, we are. Uh, uh, maybe we shouldn't declare that to the council, but uh, we have three dogs. Yeah, last week we had uh, Mr Fluffy, which was uh, about a four-foot pet python. Uh, so our, uh, our friends from Canada that were here um, were very happy to go back to Canada really yeah, quick. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm um, sure they were. So, yeah, and it's just a fun family environment. We've got Star Wars stuff everywhere. We've got ping-pong tournaments. We've got darts, Nerf guns, gel blasters. So... 
yeah. everything you could ever want in, a, yep. in an office. And we do some yeah. work from time to time <laughs> Occasionally, <as well>. occasionally. <laughs> All right, well, thanks so much for joining us today, Miles. Pleasure to chat yeah. with you. Thank you. Feel privileged to be asked, so thank you very much. Thank you.